When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Garden Report is brought to you, as always, by our exclusive wagering partner, Bet Online. Go to betonline.ag, use the code CLNS50 for a 50% welcome bonus on your initial deposit. Bet Online is back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. A new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, contests. Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. Once again, use the code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your initial deposit. From football to basketball, boxing, your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Once again, Bet Online, where the game starts. Use the code CLNS50 for 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Celtics post game show. Luca. Luca. Just going to keep saying it. Oh, how fun is he? Well, Bobby's going to be rooting for Luca. I'm going to be. <laughs> here's the thing. The obvious takeaway here. The obvious takeaway is positive things in a game you played without Jalen Brown and Tatum woke up and you need that without Tatum. You're doomed. Uh, fine. Great. That's good. And we'll talk about all of that stuff. But I'm starting at the end. Okay. And this wasn't going to be a Marcus Smart bashing game. He didn't have a great game, but he was a bit of a non-factor. Played some decent defense. Down the stretch, he hits the three. Big shot. Big shot, Great, yeah. fine. But then the, the, the thing that they don't do in the NBA anymore, which is call fouls when you initiate contact, doing that against a seven-footer with no chance of scoring is a stupid, stupid play. Stupid play. It's not going to work for you. That's it, the, the, the league has told you it's not going to work. And number two, that foul at the end of regulation is inexcusable. You would have had the ball back with five or six seconds left and a chance to do whatever, and he negated the opportunity for the Celtics to get the ball back by committing a foul and letting the Mavs take it down to the wire and hit that shot, and that's your ball game. And two terrible terrible decisions by Marcus Smart late in the game. This is a guy you're counting on to be smart and a leader. This is awful. Both of these things are awful, awful things. I mean, just yeah, bad, poor. bad, bad, bad late game execution. I don't know what else to say. Yeah, it's that four second differential off the rebound there. Uh, they called timeout. He actually got a good tip off Luca too that they want to review there and I don't know. I didn't see it again, so I wasn't sure if that went off Luca on that play. But you know, uh, Smart was disruptive in this one. There's two key mistakes down the stretch, and I know you're mad about the shot clock thing. I gotta, 
I, I just have so many questions about that play on Porzingis because it's a good setup, right? And the ball movement was amazing tonight. They found him in the corner against a guy who can't really move on the wing in Porzingis. You got to blow by him in that spot. And that's something smart never does on the perimeter. He always, when he's going to the lane, tries to initiate contact. I mean, screams, he's more of a floater a guy. He's not getting yeah. by people and getting to the rim. It's not his game. I know, but it's Porzingis, and you're in the corner. There's a long way you can go to blow by him and at least make something happen there. It's like he doesn't have trust in his finishing ability, so he either needs Why to Why should foul. he have trust in his finishing ability, Bobby? I'm not trying to kill the guy, but let's be realistic. His, his at-the-rim percentage is terrible. It's atrocious overall because he's not a high riser. He's just doesn't get – he doesn't – he's not a great finisher. He's always trying to either dry con – draw contact or do something a little bit weird, you know, in and around the rim. I mean, most of oh, the stuff so is off, off balance on that shot. It's always <laughs> off a chance. He's trying to draw the foul and he, he does better on degree of difficulty shots, but he's not a guy who's just going by people and up and strong to the rim. It just, it's not his game. No, almost everything he does is a little bit of something, you know, a little bit of something to it. It's tough too because it, you know, I was actually higher on this game than you were coming out of it. The pressure, I was the up until quarter. the very end. It was a very yeah. good comeback. They moved the ball, great stuff from Richardson, great stuff from Schroeder. Tatum, Tatum came up, Tatum was quicker to pass out of double teams. They got great movement, he got the ball back a lot. That was what we've been screaming about with Tatum. Pass out quick at the double team. Swing, 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 and it'll come back to you sometimes. There was good movement, couple lobs to Rob. They were actually running a functional offense there for, for a little bit during that comeback. So I was thrilled with a lot of things they were doing. I'm just so pissed about how it finished uh, how the game ended man yeah and it's not just one moment it's Schroeder throwing it off Tatum's foot on the rebound they got yeah. Dallas to take a bad shot there uh there was another just sloppy turnover from Schroeder in the lane I think of the next possession after that one and then then you just go to those two smart plays to end it you had about four opportunities there to get the final shot to win this one and you actually had a lead they ended uh, up getting a lead off that smart shot that's Porzingis gets that put back to go down that sequence is a killer because you get the lead and then Porzingis shoots a friggin' 35 footer early in the shot clock for no reason at all. And you that was a bad two, you had them. two guys have the rebound to themselves. There's nobody around them and they spazzed out and Richardson knocks it off of Tatum's ankle. And that was a killer there. You guys just, I know who is that on Tatum or Schroeder? They're like Schroeder's got the ball and he's was it Schroeder or Richardson break. It was Schroeder, I believe. I, I'm and putting it, just, it on Tatum. He's just there's no reason he's for stepping him to be toward there. it. Yeah, he's stepping yeah, toward. It. Like, I mean, look, it's a it's bang, like when bang you and your thing. teammate collide and pick up, and everybody's like, same team. <laughs> it's a bang bang thing, and Tatum's trying to get the rebound. By the time he realizes Schroeder's got it under control, he's on top of him. So it's hard to blame anyone. It's more unfortunate than anything, but. It's just, you got to, you know. And you knew they were going to score after that, too. Uh, <laughs> they actually launched another bad shot, and Porzingis comes flying in. Porzingis hurt them. I thought this was really the first time all year Boston's bad defensive rebounding caught up People to them. here on the chat are saying Ime told them to foul. If that's the case, we're putting it on Ime, of course. Um, I but, could see that, you know, and it's a if, mistake if it is, with the it's clock. A it's a horrible, 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 you know, clock clock management and a bad, bad Ime bad. loves overtime. <laughs> yeah. They want to play another overtime, right? No, the the way the shot clock is lined up, as you described it there, makes it inexcusable. Um, it, if it did come from him, it doesn't make much sense. Uh, and 
you know, you understand it. It's almost like the allure of Luca in that spot. Like you got to follow, you got to follow, you got to take the ball out of his hands here and set your defense. Setting the defense didn't matter. Richardson was right there. He gets to the corner. He's falling away. These step backs that Luca hits, they blow my mind. Like they're low percentage. You only get one or two of them a game. I was thrilled he took that shot. That was terrible shot, you know, falling away to his left in the corner with hands in his face. I mean, but he hits two in the fourth quarter. They're you know pretty much side this one. Uh, There's a few moments I thought swung this game. Uh, Porzingis had another. It was like a two second chance opportunity there, and I believe he hit. No, Bullock hit the three on the follow there. That was a costly possession, defensive rebounding. Uh, this was a tough matchup for the Celtics, and you do feel good about how they hung in there. They went down by, what, 20, 19? They didn't they get killed back. on the boards as bad as you would think. It ended up, the numbers No, it was the key moments where they did, though. The, it, the numbers ended up being pretty even. It was only eight offensive boards, too, so it wasn't. It seemed like there was a ton of second-chance opportunities, and yeah, a lot of it was at moments where you just absolutely couldn't allow them. But at the end of the day, it wasn't as bad as you as as, as it felt. Um, yeah. you know, just looking at the numbers. Um, so no, I don't it's know something you give up the way you're playing. I mean, the defense was good in this one. The defense has been good all week. You look at the switching numbers, they're amazing. And you're going to give up something somewhere in the modern NBA. So why not give up the boards? You look at those warriors teams from those Durant years, they were the worst rebounding teams ever, and they still made their way around it. So I mean, we've talked about rebounding being overrated on this show before. Sometimes, though, when you're in a really bad matchup, it kills you in a key moment and you start going crazy about it. But overall, it hasn't hurt them too much this year, even though they're 24th or whatever. Emu Doka said the Celtics were not supposed to fall on the last play, said it was a mistake, put it on himself. (laughs) Wasn't me. Because he didn't tell everybody the the plan. Marcus Smart used the foul to give. Okay, so people in the chat are saying Emu told him to do it. If he did, he's lying right now. I highly doubt that. I don't believe. How do they know? But I don't know. They might have <laughs> talked to him. It's so silly. He might have said, "Don't foul." I don't get it. They I hopped mean, on the Zoom. <laughs> so Marcus is um, is not eating that one um, at all. Uh, he's not. So again, it's on smart. So so here's the question of the night. You know, it's a good one as we as we get ready for life without Jalen Brown here. <sighs> Who's the point guard of this team? Dennis Schroeder? Isn't Marcus it, Smart? Why is it a question? Like, Schroeder's frustrating, right? Because mm-hmm. he dribbles a ton. He shoots a ton. I mean, yeah, I think he had like 11 shots in the first quarter or something. But it evens out over time. I mean, he's going to get his. I like the pace he plays with. He is a... He, he's a better passer than smart. He's, I mean, he is, he's, he finds more guys. Um, he's just, uh, you know, he's, he's got per- some chemistry. He got Rob going in this one. He got Rob really going a couple yeah. of, he, he, he's imperfect, but he's, he's better. I mean, he's better. He's better. He's a better point guard. Yeah, he's, he's a better then- point guard. Again, as smart as way, when you have the, when you have them healthy, it smart is much better coming off the bench being able we've been talking about it since day one i he's not the a true point guard okay well here's the problem he's a great both gonna be out you, there you do want him out there late in games you do want him out there playing defense um as he was playing um i liked the few times he picked up luca early you know and made him work a little bit uh, obviously obviously scal was screaming for that yeah i mean luca it's amazing too you know we tease Zion, you know, for the shape that he's in. Luca looks terrible again. I mean, he looks. Luca's been terrible. I mean, you look at the analytics with him to start this year. Defense, 
Not even a thought. But he looks from him and others out there. Physically looks awful. He looks like mm -hmm. he's in terrible shape. Um, again, which is so surprising to me. I thought he was going to come back, come back better here. Jason Kidd had a weird answer too on his early season struggles. He was like, "Oh, a lot of guys. If this was what you're getting, you'd love it." It's like, "What? <laughs> it's Luca." <laughs> uh, that answer doesn't make any sense. Nah, that you was know? putting a sunny, sunny face on it. I mean, Luca and Tatum both efficiency numbers are obviously down this year, and I saw they put a comparative stat on the on the post game. Just want to give everybody a heads up um, as far as tonight. Um, Sherrod Blakely is actually in Dallas. Um, so he's going to join us in a little bit. He's listening in uh, and, you know, asking his questions and talking to um, the guys. He's, down getting at, the, he's getting the answers for us. Yeah. So he's down there. He'll pop in hopefully in a little bit. We're not going to stay too late. Too late. It is a Saturday night. Uh, we are going to hang and talk. We'll, we'll obviously put up some of your comments. Um, everyone seems pretty mad at smart. Um, so I, Can I keep I, going on Schroeder though? Cause like, I, I don't mind, but I just want to tell people, uh, Jimmy and Joe Sway not around, but we will be joined by Sherrod. So hang out with us. He'll have a game report, uh, out of Dallas in a little bit. Um, as soon as he gets out of the scrums there. So, uh, we'll chop it up with you guys up until then. Uh, go ahead, Bobby. Yeah. The, and it's not a problem because I feel like they've already gone in this direction, but there's a real chemistry between, we just talked about Schroeder and Rob I thought Tatum got freed immensely by being able to dump off to Schroeder, Schroeder being able to do like a secondary action off him and then getting it back to Tatum. There was a real flow to the offense between those two in those spots. And worst comes to worst, like it's, it's picking your poison, but if you got to decide between the two guys, who's going to be the off ball shooter in a lot of these different units, at least smart's been doing it for years. Like, he's kind of used to that spot. You don't love him being a catch-and-shoot guy, but he's been doing it for so long that, oh, well, if he's going to end some of these possessions catching and shooting from three, I prefer it to Schroeder because when Schroeder shoots those threes, I have no faith that they're ever going to go in. He actually I don't either. One. I don't either, but I mean, I think But I'm just saying, Schroeder on the ball makes the most sense for this team, and that's been the way it's been. I think he leads the team in ball time. Uh, and he's fine. I just I know people get frustrated because they think he dribbles too much and he's 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 ball dominant. And he is. I mean, at the end of the day, he is one of those ball dominant point guards um, likes to create his own offense, but he will he will dish it. Um, and I mean, he's again, a very willing passer. This is a guy who, you know, for years, you know, he had a stretch with Atlanta. He's scoring 18, 19 points a game. Uh, it's just who he is. But, uh, you know he can pass. He's about a five or six assist guys. Not like uh, he's certainly not a pass first point guard. He's more of a score first point guard. Um, he's shooting, he's shooting worse this year with Boston than he is accustomed to. Uh, but ultimately he's about the same level of, he's better overall, you know, shooter because he finishes better than smart uh, unquestionably, you know, his rim percentage is a great deal higher. His three point percentage is pretty much what Mar Marcus's is. It just looks a little uglier. So like, if you don't have faith in, you know, Marcus, I mean, you should have about the same amount of faith in both. And Josh if, Richardson looks like a sniper next to these two. <laughs> it's but it's true. I mean, not Schroeder's shot is uglier looking. Smarts looks more pure. But as far as them going in, it's pretty much the same percentage over the, over over the arc of their careers. I know. And to start this game, it's the same thing as it was against Miami early. It's miss, miss, miss. They're creating all these shots, and Look, nobody can finish them. It's unreal. They were what two of sixteen to start this one from three, I believe. And to their credit. 
you know, you see the shot profile from this one. They start going downhill, getting close to the basket more often, adjusting where they were looking to finish from. And Tatum got to those 12 to 14 foot spots and hit some shots. And other guys got to the rim, Schroeder especially. I like the way they adjusted. And even Smart started driving more. It was was refreshing to see. Because the threes aren't falling. Like, Eme can go to the podium every game and say, we got the good looks. We got the good looks. We talked about the fifth rank shot quality what makes you think they're gonna fall what makes they're you think not. they're gonna fall you're, you're, they don't have the personnel you don't have the personnel they, they have these aren't people who you're like oh i just got to get them going the track record of the people who are taking these threes or who you're sw- are, are not great shooters not even not the great. teams they're the below teams three- they're they're below average shooters for their careers. The NBA average is like 36. I mean, it's they're they're below average shooters. Yeah. Their average as a team, whole career, 33. And that's what they're doing this year. Like what you're seeing is what you get from this team. But that's what I mean. Like the NBA average last year or this year is closer to 36%. Last year it's around 35. They are below average shooters. Every one of them. Every one of them. So I, I, I just know. don't know Especially what you're when I, Brown's out. I don't know what yeah. you're waiting around for with that. Like we got the looks. The other team wants you to shoot those. Like you're that doesn't help you. You know they don't cover Grant. They don't cover Smart. They no. don't cover a lot of these guys. And it's a semi effect. What we talked about with him last year. Yeah. Like the numbers might look good, but what are they wide open versus what you want them to be wide open? Especially right. for a guy like Smart, it's it's not great. Al has. I mean, Al looks like he's losing faith in his three-point shot at this point. He's passing them up, up faking, getting in the lane, which I think is good. Like, I think that's how you adjust if you're not hitting them. Yeah. Uh, but he was a guy I really thought was going to be able to thrive and space the floor for them in that regard this year. And he's, he's doing just done nothing out there. It, the problem is he's doing almost everything else, uh, <laughs> you know? So, like, it's hard to bang him for that. But, yes, I mean, he's way off his career mark this year. But I don't think that that's – I think that's more of a blip for him. I think, I mean, every, he's a guy that you think can get going. At with the point. exception of the one year in Boston where he lost his mind, you know, when he shot 42% or whatever that was, he's been consistently 34, 35, 36 going back to, you know, Atlanta. Um, that That's just who he is from three. So I'm not worried about it at all. Yeah. And he's gotten better. He's shot more each of the last couple of years. It's almost like, you know, they're attacking mismatches with him, which I don't think is the best idea in the world. His post-up stats aren't great this year. Uh, you almost want him to be that four spacing four, and I didn't want that to be his only role in the offense. I like what they're doing with him right now, and he kind of held things down in that third quarter when Tatum went out. Then yeah. they called Tatum right back over after like that a That was a short, short, short break. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, Horford held them within like seven, five points there, got to 10. Well, you got three days off, so I knew they were going to do that with Tatum. I thought they were hoping to push him to the fourth. At the end of the day, it's still only 38 minutes. He didn't go 42, 43, so, um, you know, I'm I'm not super worried about that, but you kind of had to. Schroeder played 39, yeah. You're missing Langford, so the, the wing depth got even thinner. That was the weirdest rule out ever, seven minutes into the first, announcing that he's sick. Yeah. And it's I, just, you get a good night and it's gone. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's the Langford experience, another experience on this show. <laughs> another experience. Yeah. Um. So, uh, you know, again, like I said, we're going to wait for Sherrod when he gets out of the press conference. Um. But uh, we did hit upon it, so I'm going to talk about it a little bit with you, Bobby, um, even though it's not a major central, uh, you know, uh, thing, uh, 
of the game, but Neesmith did have his opportunity tonight. Um, and he was every, he gave you every like I was right to hold out, wasn't I? But, <laughs> you wanted me right in the Neesmith expose. I didn't. <laughs> I was messing around. But the the Neesmith experience, man, it's like okay, fine. It's just it is what it is. I know I've I was captain of the play Neesmith bandwagon last year because why not, right? I thought it was a lost year. You want to see what he has. This guy's got to chill the f out, man. Like that spazzy friggin' foul when ta- in, uh, when he smacked Luca in the face for no reason. Like he goes to help. You know, he's a nice little moment there. You know, you, you put a little pressure on him, get back, but he's still hanging around. He's not looking at Luca. He's looking at his guy. His arms swinging around, and all of a sudden he catch. I they might have called a flagrant on that in today's NBA. <laughs> yeah, Who knows? I, everyone was just so out of control. He's got to chill out, man. And on top of that, like, it's just, again, it's, it's just, it would be fine if he was truly a specialist. That's the whole thing, but he's not, he's just a spazzy guy. That's the problem. Like right now, all he is, is a guy who comes in and gives you high energy. Sometimes that high energy is what you need and it gives you a little jolt and it can help a little bit. And then other times it is absolutely just a, you know, he's just a wrecking ball uh, yeah, out there. In and the ha- chat, uh, someone yeah. in the chat pointed out the ball he saved right to Porzingis. It was another like, yeah. weird moment in the corner defensively, I think. And some nights he's just got nothing from three. This is another one. I feel like when the games are kind of fast paced, sped up a bit, like this one was back and forth, gets lost in the flow a little bit. Same thing happened on opening night against New York. Uh, but you see the defense, like there's just no discipline to his defense and his rotations and his positioning on that end of the floor. I was going back and watching uh, the Heat film, you know, actually a pretty good game for him against Miami. But you see the like paths he takes to uh, contest shots and get through screens and stuff. It's like he'll run like 10 miles around the screen to try to get to a guy and they'll just go right downhill past them. Sometimes he engages the screen in a weird way and just gets stuck on them. Uh, a lot of the times he kind of leaves his hips open when he's guarding guys one-on-one. There's such poor defensive fundamentals from this guy. Uh, and, the you know, like you said, the craziness, the activity, the hustle covers up a lot of it. But then on a night where the ball doesn't bounce the right way to a teammate or, you know, he's following a guy instead of knocking a ball away in that spot, it just ends up looking spazzy, like we I, say. It's, I know, I know it, we're only 20 minutes into this show, but, like, at what point are we going to start thinking about like a Sam Hauser? Um, you know, uh, he's up in Maine. We got to go I, get him. No, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm him saying <laughs> at what point are we going to start to think about like somebody here has to come in and be able to shoot, right? We said he'd end up showing his face at some point this year just because it's what he brings to the table. And what he, he had a huge game up in Maine, Jimmy sent us like 27 points in 27 minutes or something like that. Bunch, bunch of threes. But uh, look, I mean, we're not, Maine's not going to save us, but Neesmith is supposed, everyone says this, like Neesmith is supposed to come in and give you, uh, it, like right now the, the Neesmith, the pro Neesmith people are like hustle and energy. I don't know that that's helping this team right now. Like, I I really think they just need they need some shooting, and they need the the two things they need the most: shooting and consistent defense. Neesmith does neither right now, and that's what kills you. Is every once in a while you get a game like last game, and you're like, okay, okay, that's a building block. But 
stringing him together in ways where you feel confident in him, both in his ability to knock down open shots and to be able to play defense, it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. Yeah, it depends. Depends on the game, I think. You know, Miami was a good game for it. It was going to be physical. Romeo is a be better methodical. shooter right now than Neesmith, which is crazy. You feel it's close. I think you're way more confident. Better. You're way more confident kicking out to Romeo for corner threes now. Again, neither of these guys have the volume to really judge. So I think if you just go off the eye test, Langford has looked better lately. Uh, if you add it up over the last couple of years and through the summer, it probably leans Neesmith. But you're looking for the collective package. Langford's defensive discipline is so good. Gives him that floor as a player. He's going to be able to get the consistent minutes night in, night out. And it's like, oh, he's sick again. The calf sore. Oh, his arm hurts. His wrist. Every other night, you get a good performance. It was plus 25 against Miami. And all of a sudden, he's out again. For who knows how long. I guess they got three <sighs> days off now. But Yeah, he was sick. So weird. It's always something. It's a bummer. The Romeo and Pritchard especially... too. You thought Pritchard this would be a night where he could find some minutes and I, he's shooting I, off the backboard. I just mask don't think still on. The mask is killing his shot right now, and that's really the only thing he brings for you. I t I said before the year, I really thought Schroeder was just gonna kill his minutes because there's nowhere. But when Schroeder's starting, there should be second unit minutes for Pritchard. He's just not doing it right now. I know, and if we fast, but the, the mask rewind, is a the mask is a killer. It really is. Yeah, it's it's tough to see this lost progress with them though, because we rewind yeah. eleven months ago, start of last year. All right, who's a rookie, no training camp, jumping in the rotation, looking so comfortable and productive. Yeah, no, no doubt. It's uh, it is a bummer. I don't know exactly what he's gonna be able to do for them long term, but uh, yeah, and we're nitpicking. This was a good night. You know, I'm just kind of trying to run the gamut of things that can be better here. We're overall, the compete level, the compete level was incredible. They came back from a huge deficit. They create offense without shooting. We're not nitpicking. The These are legitimate things, but I agree on the whole. Way more positive than negative on this night because it could two have gone the wrong way. Two and three road trip, you would have, or two and one road trip, you would have taken going into it after Chicago. We are going to. Um, talk a little bit more about some of the positive things, including Tatum, uh, who we liked a lot of tonight. But first, we got to get calm. Everyone's got to get calm. I know um, the chat does. I'm watching it fly by right now. We're actually, yeah. we're pretty calm tonight. We're pretty calm. I'm just, I'm mad how it ended because I you thought- You started hot on smart. I was, I'm, I'm really pissed. But anyway, um, just to let you guys know, Calm, one of our sponsors here at The Garden Report is the number one app for sleep and meditation. Uh, it is endorsed by LeBron James. I don't know if that makes you want it more or less, but um, LeBron uh, uses it. Uh, Bobby Manning uses it a little bit. Joe Sway Pavone, Jimmy Toscano, Sherrod Blakely. This is mine right here. It actually opens up to exactly what I need, the thunder. Yep, you so go. you get... Th whatever you want thunder rain falling on leaves bedtime sleep stories all sorts of stuff uh help you get to help you get to bed early um great promotion running on our site right now and if you get you plug this into your you com.com slash garden go plug that into i heard right john's to gonna get one of these too one of these bedtime stories you're gonna see his face on there yeah it takes you right to the page and it says welcome garden report uh listeners and viewers 
plug in your information, get 40% off. It's basically waiting for you guys. So com.com slash garden, go check it out. Limited time listeners can join LeBron in using com, get a 40% discount, premium subscription, unlock the content to help you focus, ease stress and sleep better. Com.com slash garden. That is com.com slash garden. Let's talk a little bit about Jason Tatum because this was you remember I said nice things about Tatum. Yeah. You inspired him. I think it's not even that you knew he's not going to shoot this bad forever. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. the stuff, but a lot of it has to do with his approach. Um, and I thought tonight he like, in addition to shots falling, which obviously helps you a little bit. I do think he was a lot smart. The Mavs were doubling him so early and anywhere on the court the whole game plan you could see it was and with big guys too they had Porzingis shading over towards him all night long they they wanted to block out the sun on Tatum so he couldn't do a friggin thing I thought he did an awesome job dealing with it tonight and it didn't yeah it didn't look like it bothered him at all at all right off found new positions on the floor you had two guards who can play make who were able to get into the lane and free him out on second level attacks like that you would think the Schroeder smart duo next to him would be a mess because of the spacing, but with the playmaking you get between the two of them, sort of takes the load off Tatum a bit here. And he didn't have a big assist game. Thought overall the team had a great passing night. It was just he passed out of those everybody. He passed out of them much faster, and the Celtics, in turn, were whipping it around too. So they were getting a good reversal uh, and getting yeah. guys open way better than they'd had in the past. It wasn't just a clunky, like dribble, 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 pass to a guy 40 feet away from the basket. And all that happened was shot clock got eaten and you're nowhere near in an offensive position. They were getting it and moving it quick. And they got a couple of, you know, they cut a couple of drives off of it. They got a couple of easy buckets. got it back to Tatum, who was able to attack the defense. I thought it was way better today. Especially in the fourth. And I thought he could actually get it even a a tick sooner. I think this was, you know, in some cases, he's still trying to dribble out of it. He can, he can get out of it. He can get out of it a little quicker too. Yeah. This smart thing and the popular notion that he's selfish and just doesn't like it. It's just not there on the film. Like this guy will get off the ball. Yeah. He's, and he's a, he's a talented passer. I feel like, like I've always talked about this guy's potential as a passer, even back to Duke, like great secondary passing in the lane off their guards. That was something you saw quite a bit from him back then. He'd have some five assist games, even though he wasn't playing point guard back then. Uh, There's just great potential for him within the flow of the offense. Now on a night like tonight, the assist numbers aren't going to blow you away, but you know, he had that nice post up to start the fourth. They got Horford a cut there. Nice drive and kick to Richardson to start off the frame. Thing is, when this happens to him at the end of a game, you end up with the smart shot yeah. running in the Porzingis. Mark, I'm with you. I'm calm, but I'm pissed also at the same time. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, look, that's the problem. And people are saying it in the chat here, and I don't, I can't argue with them. Like, he is better at passing. He, he did a better job passing out of it. It opened up the offense a tad, but at the end of the day, you're still passing to subpar shooters, uh, which is always going to like be an every, issue. Every close game, Marcus Smart's going to be taking big shots just because he's going to be wide open. He's going to find the open spaces, and that's where the ball is going to go. It's, it's Brad S the way this offense is working. Now, the assist rate's up. The movement's better. There's not as much and, falling in isolation. And I agree with this. He's got to pass and move. There's still not enough cutters here um, at all. And it's really strange. You know. Yeah, not- Jared pointed out, I want to go back and watch it where um, 
Josh was like in the lane or something and Tatum was just kind of like standing right behind him, I guess, not moving. Could have set a screen and rolled in that spot. He never does that. Uh, he never he, he just he got a back line like once he, a game. He, but he, he mainly just hangs and he waits for yeah. it back, but he doesn't get going, which is too bad because I do think, again, you're trying to create some easier looks here. Um, and so and that for a scorer is kind of baffling. Like but Durant it, it, will. It makes you sense if, you're, if there's shooters on the floor everywhere, it makes sense to stay spaced there when you swing it because you're just going to yeah. kick, 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 kick and get that three. Um, but it does. It is strange for a scorer. You would imagine he would want to <laughs> improve. No, his, and we uh, talk about his... him. You, you want him closer to the basket. You don't want him starting 30 feet outside and needing to do all this dribbling and running in the traffic and giving the defense all this time to collapse. Uh, it's, you want to put them in different spots to succeed, and they've had varying levels of success in doing that. I actually thought they did a decent job for most of this game with doing that, putting them in those you know corner areas next to the paint and taking some fallaways in those spots. His shot, the touch looked good on it. Um, he played physical, got to the free throw line a little bit, and overall you just look at his shot chart, pretty pretty. Nice three-point shooting, a couple shots from 10, 12, 15 feet. And that was that, you know, he's, it's a good get back on your feet game for him. It really was 10,000% better. A lot of different ways. And again, a lot of it is the shots falling, uh, but he was aggressive. Um, I thought he took it, you know, um, you know, took it to the couple, a couple times and finished strong. Um, and so just, yeah, overall better game for Tatum for sure. I think we saw flashes from Richardson tonight. We hadn't seen, um, you know, oh, that block uh, was awesome. That was like yeah. his wake up call of the season. Yep. I'm transition. Yeah. So I'm happy uh, with some of that stuff. Um, so again, and it was, I thought after, I mean, this is about the worst first quarter. might've been the worst first quarter of the season. Would you say? Yeah, they got lit up. I don't know if it was the worst cause they've had some bad starts, but the, maybe that wizards home game can't, can't remember all of them, all the bad moments this year so far. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, you, you, you know, they just got blasted. Luca had like four assists in the first three minutes and was hitting shots, and all of a sudden it's like eleven to two, and it was like forty to twenty. And man, that Dallas offense can just pile up on you. I think their starting unit has like a hundred twenty-one offensive rating. Luca just creates so many shots in a hurry. Yeah, but it, it, pretty uninspired start there. It looked like this was going to be a well, we won the two games, so let's just. Uh... You know, let's just no, but they didn't go away, which is what you were looking for from this team. A little bit of fight, a little bit of tenacity, a little bit of an ability to play different ways. And again, you're down multiple wings in this game. Right. Uh, you really had no way to go in that regard. They didn't play Grant much. They said we're not doing that against this kind of team, even with some size needed on Porzingis. Um if they just not, played their style and it worked. Yeah, if not for exactly the way this ended, um I don't think uh we would have been fired up off the top there. If they just, if they came back and lost the way that they were shorthanded with some of the positive things that happened here it was fine. Like I said, I'm just, you know, just came in rip roaring mad. Cause I thought Marcus smart made two terrible plays late. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah I'm more mad about the shot. Cause again, you, I'm, I'm mad about the foul, but anyway, I know I, I, I hate that shot. Never take a shot unless your intention is to make it. I I, I always felt here's that the way. thing though. If, I felt if, that if way Luke... pre pre new rule, and now it's obvious you're not getting that call when you lean yourself, lean your shoulder into somebody, and that shot has no chance of going in. Hundred so percent. I didn't like the shot. There. Why bother? But, 
the thing about the foul, and again, on paper, it's a mistake just in terms of how you play the game there. But if Luca hits that with four seconds left, they don't foul, and then they just heave a shot. Like, what's the difference, really? And, you know, it's not exactly going to go that way. But, you know, to Luca hit an unimaginable shot there. Again, back-to-back years. That shot, uh, who knows what month it was last season in Dallas. It was, was pre-fans, and it was in Dallas. It's a national <laughs> game on TNT. I think it was February. That was uh, – February or something like worst moment of last year on defense too. the switch grew up there and we never saw him again (laughs) until like the San Antonio game. I pulled it up to watch it. I think it was in February. Um, Yeah, it was, uh, it was, that's unreal though. You play this team twice a year. It's only been three years in the league for Luca and he already has two shots like this over you. It's that one was in Dallas too, in front of zero fans, but yeah, you see why people lose their mind. I think, so many people have anointed Luca early, too early, just in terms of the production. I know his team's horrible. I can't get over how bad that team is. But, you know, he's got to improve in certain ways, especially on the defensive end of the floor. You mentioned shape. Uh, there's certain things, I think, that are just holding him back from truly making this leap and becoming – I mean, he's been the MVP favorite back-to-back years going into a season, and he really hasn't been close either time. We'll see how it goes this year. Uh, so I think – you know, whether it's Vegas, whether it's evaluators, analysts, and obviously those kind of intertwine, maybe a slightly early anointing of Luca. And some people have said he has the chance to become like the greatest player ever, which is like a massive leap up these first three years. And it's an unprecedented production this early in his career. But we see the holes. We see the lapses. I, if he were in if he were in better physical shape, I don't think you'd be worried about it. He's never going to be a lockdown defender, but he can play competent defense the problem is he's he's not in great shape and he's and he's and he's one of the top 10 players in the league in bad shape right now um he can do everything with the ball in his hands and his vi- his vision and his feel for the game and his ability to create space for himself without elite athleticism is unprecedented i mean he is the way he uses his body shields himself from people uh, he is. Un- he has the flair of a soccer player too, which we really he is haven't unreal. seen. Unreal, and he's so yeah. He's got style. He's amazing. You know, I mean, he, have he, we he, seen that in the league? I mean, maybe Steve Nash a little Steph, bit. Steph. Yeah, maybe it's just the European thing, and just like me kind of looking at why like, just the watching Real him bounce, bounce balls off his shoulder into the net and stuff like that. You know. Yeah, but even I think Scal said on the game winner there, just sort of like it's like a game winning kick, and he's just running off and the celebration, and everything else, and just sort of that walk off nature of his game, the step backs that you know put exclamation points on his performances, the flair with the passing. There's a lot of buried comparisons. I don't know how you feel about that one. Um, look, he can do everything. He can literally do everything. And he's got, he's got birds feel, you know, for things. Um, and so I don't think it's a crazy thing to say, you know, I think more so than any other player who's ever been compared to bird. Sure. He's doing it without elite athleticism, but he's got such a feel for how to create his own space and, 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 and get his shot off around anybody at any time. It's a really, it's an amazing skill. Plus the passing. I mean, you know, and the ball handling. I mean, he's, he's, he's definitely, there's, there's almost nothing he can't do. I just don't think, I, I, just, I can't, just, I can't believe he's not in peak physical shape. I can't believe he looks the way he looks right now. I know it's unreal. And there's not a great I, culture I, I, there. 
you know, we've seen what's kind of happened within the Dallas organization over the last couple of years. Cuban, I think, has been exposed in some regard as an owner, and they've had coach turnover now. They had the last a friggin' professional gambler running their franchise. Like, I don't, you know, I mean, I know we talk about the Suns report this week. Like, <laughs> Dallas it almost Cuban tossed some money at it with like a charitable donation. They brought some guys in, but like, that was a fiasco that, you know, who knows how things have changed in there. But, you lose both GMs because there were evidently two GMs. Uh, you cut, they cut their draft pick to start this year from 12 months ago. Last year's draft, Tyrell Terry, he was kind of a guy we bounced around on this show as a pick late in the round for Boston when they went Pritchard. They they released him 12 months later. He was going through some personal issues, took a couple leaves. They just said, ah. Uh, we're not taking on the last two years of the rookie deal, and we'll just eat the money on the second year. And he hasn't gotten picked up, but back-to-back draft picks just completely caved. They waited for Giannis and didn't do anything. This is also a team that's also had like dreams of signing a big free agent, Dwight and others, over the years that hasn't been able to seal the deal. Just weird things going on in Dallas, and the roster's in such horrible shape. It's like, it's a miracle that Luka even landed to them. They had to do the trade with Atlanta. Atlanta took Young instead. The Kings took Bagley, which was just like, oh, and That's then Aiton, who the who Phoenix is might let go now, Aiton. <laughs> so, I mean, it's a miracle that they're in the spot with Luca, with everything they've done wrong over the years, and the Porzingis trade. We could do a whole show on that, but I know. they're gonna go to the playoffs again, and right now they're the third seed in the West. That's how good Luca is. It's 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 amazing. One low key moment I liked early in the game when um you know he turned it over in the post on the double team because Porzingis uh you know didn't stay in the corner and uh Porzingis gets benched immediately and Luca's just sitting there looking at him like just stand over there so I can give it back to you. What are you doing, man? He was like, he's that's like, the other thing too. He's like, it's so. Is he sees he sees the game? He's like, it's so obvious what you're supposed to be doing. What are you doing up here? You know. I love that. Yeah, and he has such a great disposition too. Like he could be like roaring mad and like already looking to leave Dallas. I know there's a little bit of that going on with Zion in New Orleans, but there's just sort of like a carefree attitude. Like oh, I'm just gonna fix this. I'm gonna set Finney Smith and Hardaway up for some shots here. Get everybody going. He runs a great pick and roll with Dwight Powell, who had like a cup of coffee in Boston and played in the G League here. Now he's a starting center next to this guy. Like there's a real LeBron effect too. Remember all the guys LeBron made money and made in the like serviceable players. Luca does that incredibly. Like Jalen Brunson's gonna get paid. Tim Hardaway did get paid. Reggie Bullock having a great start next to him. Like there's a real empowerment to playing alongside Luca. You almost wonder why more guys aren't looking to do it right now um, and get in there and you know take some of the money that they're gonna have available going forward. They just they just can't get rid of Porzingis. I mean, I know we kicked around the Kemba one with how good Horford's going so far in Boston. Like it's almost a nightmare thinking about Porzingis being here next to the Jays and how bad of a fit that would be. Yeah, um, Jason Tatum. Um, I wouldn't say firing back fully. But um, definitely some uh, he's he's addressing for the first time the Marcus Smart comments and clearly he's not a fan. Um, we'll try to get some of that for you later. But I know what with- it's been like three, four appearances. We haven't heard from him on it. Yeah, it's the first time. But I mean, basically saying we talked about it. It is what it is. And just basically it happened. You I'll, I'll quote here. Um, personally, we talked about it. We had a team meeting, I guess. Uh, I know how to play basketball. I've been doing it a long time. I'm pretty successful at it. I have things I can work on. Um, And then uh, it happened. You can't change it. We're still a team. 
trying to figure it out, win games. I'm not upset or sad. Let's move on. Asked whether or not should have kept it in the house. He's like, yeah, I think you know the answer to that. So, um, you know, definitely seems like he didn't love uh, the Marcus Smart comments. How could, uh, especially after a night like this, what we're talking about. It's like if Tatum did something like this and Smart went to the podium and they were asking Smart about that situation, just think of how Smart would tear into him and like be brutally honest in that part and like knock him over the head. And no one, it feels like no one can do that to Smart because there's such a, I, I don't know whether it's just a respect he commands or just the frustration and the inability to take criticism. Like no one, he may, has he may criticized Smart this year once? I don't know if he did it post game. for. This. I don't Maybe. know, but I mean, I'm just reading the tea leaves here and I'm going to say, it's hard to listen to. It's Jaylen like you're Brown. walking on ice around this guy. It's hard. It's hard to listen to Jalen Tatum, uh, Jalen Brown, and Jason Tatum talk about Smart and feel like they're like digging playing with him right now. It really is, you know. Uh, I know we've done this before, and they'll say things like, "Oh, we're brothers, and we we're gonna fight from time to time." X, Y, and Z. They've done that before, right? You've heard that. Remember, you've had guys getting on it on the bench. Um, and, um, and I've heard Jalen say specifically, like we're brothers, brothers fight. I've got nothing but love and respect. I'm not hearing the love and respect thing. Again, what people don't say sometimes is as impactful as what they do. And so, you know, last year we talked a lot about, wow, players aren't saying a lot of things about Brad and it was a big thing. And we were like, they used to say it all the time and they're not anymore. You're not hearing the Marcus smart heart and soul stuff and X, Y, and Z. You're just hearing guys who are pretty bummed out that he went public criticizing them. And I don't think they dig it at all. Including so, Brad and Ime. This they, is were, th they weren't fans of it. They weren't fans of it either. So right now nobody dug it. Um, and so this idea that like, and again, I was one who thought, look, I'm okay that somebody said it because nobody else was going to. It, it sounds like Smart's got no one on his side at, at this point. He said he might have said it thinking I'm going to be the leader and say that thing. And then he looked around and, you know, it's like Will Ferrell, you know, like we're going streaking and he looks around and there's no one behind him. I think Smart thought he was doing something that was going to be like, boy, we needed that kick in the ass. And it totally backfired, it looks like. Well well, I remember last year, people have brought this up over the last couple of days, too. We were laughing our ass off when he tossed the ball off the tip-off against the Pelicans yeah. with the full shot clock. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't funny to Kemba. Like, Smart kind of laughed it off, and Kemba was like, what are you doing? And then Smart got, like, mad at Kemba because Kemba was calling him out in that moment. There's a real trend I'm noticing through two coaches now in just the last couple of years that when Smart has these moments, and again, you deal with them, I think generally over the last, you know, eight years of his career here, they've dealt with the shooting, they've dealt with the decision making, and some of the other issues he's had, uh, just because of his tenacity and his ability to raise the defensive ceiling and make the hustle plays and all this stuff. Now that his stature has been raised on the team, I don't think there's as much of a stomach for the mistakes and just for the missteps. Even if this, you know, call out in a public setting there was a misstep, something they didn't want to have happen as a team, and he just so I mean, and, and that's a. That's the thing, right? You know, um, that was something. And, and again, we do give Smart a ton of leeway, right? Because his imperfections are baked into the pie. You know exactly that that's who he is. So you're supposed to know that, which means you're supposed to kind of roll with them. But at the end of the day, 
you know, and it's also a team that kind of wanes defensively, and he's the only guy constantly revving that motor. That's sort of the reason I give him some leeway. And but a lot of people do. However, and again, I've, I, I, as as I continue on and just kind of thinking about it here, you know, he is playing at a really bad level right now. But you, you're going to say this stuff, and you're going to go out on a night like this and and do two really stupid boneheaded things and crush an entire team effort, you know, because you made bad plays. So like. The, the strength of smart is the winning plays late. These are the opposite of winning plays. These are absolute killers, okay? We don't have a name for them. What do we call them? I mean, losing plays is too obvious, but these are, <laughs> o- these are obviously bad, bad, bad Ooh, plays. I got to think about that one. That killed, the, the, I mean, that cost them the game. I mean, look, you, there's a 48 minutes in a game, 100 things, 100, 200 different things happen. But um, th- these were awful. And so nobody's going out there and being like, yeah, well, you know, we can't be hunting for fouls late in the game and we can't be committing stupid fouls late in the game. We got to we got to know we got to if somebody just said we've got to understand the late game situation better. That's friggin a shot. Right. It's smart. Would that be justified? How would that land? You know, I don't know. It's really incredible. I know how to play basketball. I've been doing it a long time and I've been pretty successful at it. I've always made the right plays. I'm not perfect. I've got things I can work on. I think that's the good part about it. As young as I am, as good as people think I am, I've got a lot to improve on. I'll be the first to say that. I've always, I'm always going to play the game the right way and the way that I was taught and the way I've played my whole life. That's never going to change. Just outright reputation and what did uh Brown say? You know, that probably wasn't necessary. <laughs> like yeah. the, there was a real frustration between these two. And we've talked so much about the Jays relationship. Is that a point of contention? Do these guys get along? Can they play together? If this whole weird thing over the last couple of years, and again, we're all guessing there hasn't been that deep dive and, you know, autopsy of what's going on here. If smart and the Jays has been this sort of thing, that's just grading at each other the last three years. And up top, they, for some reason, have decided, maybe because of a value thing, maybe because of how they view them versus how the players view them, that they can't just dump dump them and move on from that dynamic there. Maybe lose a trade in Angel's case. Maybe give up a tradable contract in Brad's case because we know how they value those two things. If that's just been allowed to fester and explode this year and it was simple as trading smart for Aaron Gordon at last deadline, and again, I'm just speculating here, that's really frustrating because they're playing with a core that could win a championship feasibly. And if things just are gritting behind the scenes and these guys aren't working on the court and behind the scenes that they're just kind of grading away at each other and they've refused to address it and they've just let it explode and double down with a contract extension, that is infuriating. Because again, I'm a big smart fan. I think he's a valuable player and the stats show he's a plus player. But if your two superstars can't stand him and he's grading away at them constantly and you're not addressing that as an organization, that's that's just malpractice. And again, like we don't have the answers. There's probably a little bit of everything going on here. I mean, smart shouldn't even be a third best player on a team. That goes back to the organization in itself. Yeah. But I don't know. That's just frustrating as we start to kind of see how this dynamic is playing out. We saw it in the bubble with the locker room feud. Smart and Brown were kind of the ones going at it there. Um, you know, we kind of got bits and pieces of through that athletic report last year. I mean, I think there's a little bit of a picture coming together on what the issue with the dynamic is within this team. You know, 
Is it the Jays on one side and is it smart on the other side? It's a huge question for me right now because it wasn't that so easy to address, John, if well, that I, was the issue. So that's the funny thing is I've always kind of thought it was Jason over here, Jalen over here, and then whatever else. Not that they're not united, but that they weren't like – I'm sorry. I take it back. I don't think the Jalen and Jason are – in opposition at all they just it's may hard not, to argue that they are they they might not be in lockstep on everything i don't think it's like me and jason this me i think they just kind of do their thing respect one another but it's not necessarily i actually we joked about it a little bit smart in a strange way has unified the jays which is like is this freaking guy talking about us like you know like give me a break here so no and everybody should be able to take criticism and i think this comment shows tatum can brown has constantly been willing to say it and he just he says it have you ever heard smart say oh i'm not perfect i make mistakes like i i can grow in this area like even the shooting thing. Remember when Gary last year was asking about the shot selection to start the, you know, beginning of last year. And what was the thing he said back to him? Like, like I'm going to shoot, you know, just something to that effect over and over again. Like that's, I'm a shooter, blah, 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 blah. I don't have the exact quotes off the top of my head, but there's never an introspection from smart. Like he's able to dish it in terms of criticism and leadership. And I think that's valuable. I think we all agree what he said about the Jays was true. But you have to be able to take it, too. You have to. And it just seems like they're constantly dancing around, criticizing him. Yeah, there's no question about it. Um, There's no question about it. Sherrod, we have no choice but to bring him in on the phone. See if I can see him here. Can you see him? Nope. Sherrod, you're not coming in at all, even though I see you in the window here. Um, Sherrod had computer issues right now, but the phone you is not. You might have to turn it sideways. I we see tr- him in the window too. We tried that and it's not working right now. So he's, he's working through some technical difficulties. We'll try to get Sherrod out of Dallas before we wrap it up. But yeah, it's interesting here. Um, I, you know, I don't know whether they're all done with them. I think they could continue to play on the court, but I do think smart standing as a leader, um, it has definitely taken a hit here, uh, with these guys. Hey, and for one reason or another, I'm not even going to go there with the stupid captain thing, but that was another thing to start this year. It's like Ime's establishing something here. He has this good idea that he thinks is going to be contributing to something, and he wasn't the only one to outright shoot it down, but he set the tone by coming out seconds after him. And just saying, captains don't matter. We're we're all adults here. Yeah, I hated that. I hated that. It was just... I hated that. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We're all captains. Meaning like why is he why is he so and again, he's gone through personal challenges. He's talked about this. He's had a rough year or two here. But why is he so frustrated to start this year? He got the contract extension. He has a pretty prominent role on this team. He's the point guard. He has a ton of ball time. He's yeah. free to take shots. And it's still like not enough. Like I'm standing in the corner. Ugh. Yeah, like I, I took such a shift on that comment. I thought in that night it was an aggressive comment that was necessary. But the more you look at it and read like the self pity that was involved in it and his like his his gripes with his role there and just I did too. Nonsense. Yeah, and I think I think and again I think my perception at the time I'm with you, Bobby. My perception at the time was like. I'm not going to say anti Jalen and Jason. It's just, it was frustration with Jalen and Jason because the expectation level on them is high. I want them to do the things that he's saying to do, which is to just, you know, 
be smart about it. Like, you know, so look for opportunities. Um, don't just try to do it all yourselves. You know, like I, it's always bugged me that they do that. So you're right. You're thinking, okay, good. I'm glad it was said. And you're right. As time goes on, you start to realize it, a lot of it was a kind of a sulky me stuff and, um, and it didn't really land well. So I don't know. Um, it's a tough call for what it's worth. Sherrod, who was trying to get through here, um, check, uh, did say that he thought, um, his overall vibe on Tatum was very mellow talking about that. So again, we read it. Look, nothing Tatum says is ever really super fiery, but he was pretty chill. Um, just saying it very matter of factly, not like <laughs> not seen. I mean, annoyed. that's Tatum's demeanor. Yeah, but not seeming annoyed, not snide, not colored with any way. Just kind of like, you know, it is what it is. But, you know, let's just move on. I'm, I know what I'm doing, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I I might, before we wrap, I'll see if we can get that clip. Uh, but if not, no big deal. Sherrod may or may not try to join us. If not, we will uh, we will uh, try to wrap it. Uh, what's our next what game, What was Brown's Bobby? comment? I, I felt that that was something that probably wasn't necessary or something like yeah, that. wasn't necessary. Like, yeah, that was that was kind of weird. That thing happened. <laughs> what was up with that? Yeah. Uh yeah. Next game's Wednesday. Toronto. Chance to get back at that opening night. Toronto. Debacle. <laughs> They're six. Oh. They started six and three, six and four. Yeah. Pascal Siakam could be making a season debut too. So. They're coming in again, fully loaded, attacking the offensive boards. They're the best offensive rebounding team in the league. So we talked about that tonight. That's going to be a challenge. Uh, Scotty Barnes has just been awesome every single night. He's becoming like a must-watch guy. Uh, Drogic's been terrible. They're going to have to move him, and who knows how much they're going to get for him, I think, and the way he's been playing. But I almost dream, I think Bill Simmons tossed this out there, that they could swap uh, him for Jalen Brunson. But the way Jalen Brunson's playing, it's uh, – but yeah, um, Toronto, they could beat the Celtics again. They're long, they're active, they're really good at defense. Do it the same way they did it on opening yeah. night at the Garden. Just yeah. be disruptive and break up a bunch of plays and force a million turnovers and run. Let's do it. Um, I, I think we've exhausted everything we're going to talk about tonight. But uh, again, uh, you know, not a great one for uh, for Marcus Late. Great turnaround for Jason Tatum. Um, some solid efforts from Schroeder and uh, Richardson. I thought a pretty good bouncy game from Rob. We didn't talk about him, but I thought he was fairly active tonight. Um, so that was pretty good. Um, and then uh, how many? This is something I can't get past with Rob. It's incredible. Like, I don't think any of us would have predicted this. He doesn't One follow anybody foul. ever again. Yeah. And it was like a touch foul, like on the perimeter, just kind of like bounced off Porzingis. Well, you know what? A lot of it has to do, I think, because of a lot of the switching, he's ended up defending the perimeter a ton. Um, so he's this, not trying to block everything. So he's not in there leaving, blocking a ton. And he's usually, a lot of times, he's kind of chasing and trying to, you know, get out and defend and uh, threes. But, I mean, it's an incredibly, like, he really has uh, on the season – uh, he had one game where he had a bunch of fouls. I think it was Charlotte, the OT game. The two, yeah, single OT or one he OT. He deserves yeah. a ton of credit for the health he's maintained overall, the minutes he's logging, the shape he's working toward. He has, I don't think he he's has, in prime shape yet, but not he's yet. getting there. But he has 13 fouls total in nine games right now. He's playing twice as many and, minutes and, per and, game and fouling less yes, than last year. It's which unreal. is insane, which is insane right now. Um, yeah, he deserves a ton of credit. It hasn't been flashy, like you said, and you know it doesn't jump off the page. And he hasn't had a huge moment. No, but he's but averaging every th game. He's averaging thirty-one minutes a game right now. I mean, it's it's and they're good minutes, good rebounding, 
They're good minutes. I just thought over 30, I felt like he should have been, um, you know, 13 and, you know, 12 and 10 easy. Um, So he's just not, the production isn't as high as I thought it would be because I just don't think he's playing with that same level of kind of dynamic, um, you know, above the rim. Like he's not doing those super freakish things that, and again, they're not looking for him either. I think Smart's not looking for him enough. You know, Dennis did a little bit tonight too, but um, but yeah, a lot of people asking here what the Marcus Smart market is. There is no Marcus Smart market. I've never, I've, Bobby and I have debated this to the death. I never believed there was one. I, I just wanted, I didn't believe the Gordon stuff was real last year. I think this notion that they said we're keeping him and not trading him is just to make him feel better about himself. I don't believe any team was like, give me Marcus. I believe any idea that a lot of teams were interested in him was entirely drummed up by the Celtics to make it appear that they had leverage. I, I've said it a million times. No, what's with the mixed messaging though? No team is overpaying for a guy who shoots 30% from the floor. Like he is a nice player to have, but no team, uh, he would have signed as a free agent. No team is giving up assets for a player like Smart. No way. I've never, I've never understood that thinking. And people thinking he's being traded now? No. No. Well, something no. interesting happened with that report that came out through Mannix that they were done with him. And then Brad's frustrated. Weird report. And it obviously didn't go Mannix's way <laughs> with how it played out there. Uh, who knows what ended up happening there. But was there a trade set up? You know, did something fall apart and that was sort of like a precursor to it? Who knows? I know they're interested in Alonzo Ball and that would have been the way they made it happen with New Orleans there. And, you know, it was inevitable that he was going to Chicago, but I think Boston gave it a real shot. And then you look back on the Gordon situation. That's the one I look at and it's like, was it real? Was it there with the Celtics drumming up and really wanting Gordon? Because I do think that they were pretty interested in him and Fournier in that situation. There was a lot of noise around that. And were they just really trying to beat that Nuggets offer? Because the Nuggets offer wasn't great. I like RJ Hampton. Gary Harris was a bad contract. And a Nuggets first-round pick. It wasn't anything great. I think Marcus Smart gave you a real chance to get in there and do it. And I just want to know, did they take Smart off the table? Because that was kind of Angel's line after. Like, we weren't trading Smart. We were never even talking about I, I I never believed that. That's what you're going to say after the fact because that's what you're saying to, you know, you don't want the players to be like, wow, geez, you, you tried your best, Han couldn't get rid of me. I just, you know, that's how you do it. But um, anyway, uh, the Marcus talk will continue. I thought we were actually, we took it pretty light on him uh, tonight, but. Um, no, I, I think I hit it home at the end. <laughs> uh, There's a pretty, pretty strong closing combination, especially no. coming from me. I know exactly. Yeah. When Bobby's out, you know, it's out, you know, it's over. So um, Sherrod uh, couldn't join us. He had technical difficulties out in Dallas. We're going to wrap the show. Want to remind everybody com.com um, slash garden, 40% off uh, your premium subscription. Please follow us uh, on Twitter real at real Bob Manning at John underscore Zanis Celtics CLNS Twitter as well. So you'll be uh, notified uh, of all of our live uh uh, and the coverage too. We've been putting on a million Celtics articles to start the year. CLNSmedia.com. Beat writer uh, Bobby Manning is crushing it on this on the website right now with a ton of stuff, ton of good written content. Yeah. And a new uh new notes column coming on Boston Sports Journal tomorrow too. I got some good stuff pregame from Eme and uh 
Jason Kidd on why everybody's switching all the time now. So that'll be yep. a good piece to check out as well. Yeah, check it and, out. Uh, Dome Theory, of course. Dome, Dome Theory, Theory for Bobby everywhere. Manny. He's got it all. Um, subscribe to our YouTube channels as well, as I'm sure you would. And if anybody likes the Patriots, which I know a lot of you do, 1 o'clock game, uh, Evan Lazar and I will be breaking it down over on the Patriots Press Pass YouTube channel. So subscribe there as well. Uh, we'll be live right after the game. Carolina, Stefan Gilmore reunion uh, should be fun. So um, that's it's a tough it. one if you're a Pats fan and a McCaffrey owner. It's one of those situations. <laughs> is, is he playing for sure? He's activated. I don't know if he's playing. He's still in my IR. They started that three-week clock. I don't know if he's uh, if he's been activated for the game yet. They activated him, but it's, I don't know if he's playing. They activated him today, though. Oh, they did? Mm -hmm. Oh. That could be interesting. If that's the case, then chance, then he's going to play. Um, have fun with that, Bobby. <laughs> have fun with that. Anyway, good night, everybody. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us on a Saturday night. We will see you on Tuesday? Wednesday. Wednesday. Three days Wednesday. off. Wednesday. All right.